0: Book three, part nine of the Countess of Pembroke's Arcadia. This is the LibriVox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit Librivox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. The Countess of Pembroke's Arcadia by Philip Sidney. Book three, part nine. Pyrocles, to whom every syllable she pronounced was a thunderbolt to his heart, equally distraught betwixt amazement and sorrow, abashed to see such a stop of his desires, grieved with her pain, but tormented to find himself the author of it, with quaking lips and pale cheer. Alas, divine lady, said he, your displeasure is so contrary to my desert, and your word so far beyond all expectations, that I have least ability, now I have most need, to speak in the cause upon which my life dependeth for my truth is so undoubtedly constant unto you my heart is so assured a witness to itself of his unspotted faith that having no one thing in me whereout any such sacrilege might arise i have likewise nothing in so direct a thing to say for myself but sincere and vehement protestations for in truth there may most words be spent where there is some probability to breed of both sides conjectural allegations but so perfect a thing as my love is of you as it suffers no question so it seems to receive injury by addition of any words unto it if my soul could have been polluted with treachery it would likewise have provided for itself due furniture of colourable answers but as it stood upon the naked conscience of his untouched duty so i must confess it is altogether unarmed against so unjust a violence as you lay upon me alas let not the pains i have taken to serve you be now accounted injurious unto you let not the dangerous cunning i have used to please you be deemed a treason against you since i have deceived them whom you fear for your sake do not you destroy me for their sake what can i without you further do or to what more forwardness can any counsel bring our desired happiness i have provided whatsoever is needful for our going i have rid them both out of the lodge so that there is none here to be hinderers or knowers of our departure but only the almighty powers whom i invoke as triers of mine innocency and witnesses of my well-meaning and if ever my thoughts did receive so much as a fainting in their affections if they have not continually with more and more ardour from time to time pursued the possession of your sweetest favour if ever in that possession they received either spot or falsehood then let their most horrible plagues fall upon me let mine eyes be deprived of the light which did abase the heavenly beams that strake them let my falsified tongue serve to no use but to bemoan mine own wretchedness let my heart empoisoned with detestable treason be the seat of infernal sorrow let my soul with the endless anguish of his conscience become his own tormentor o oh, false mankind cried out the sweet philoclea how can an imposthumed heart but yield forth evil matter by his mouth are oaths there to be believed where vows are broke no no who doth wound the eternal justice of the gods cares little for abusing their names and who in doing wickedly doth not fear due recompensing plagues doth little fear that invoking of plagues will make them come ever a whit the sooner but alas what aileth this new conversion have you yet another slight to play or do you think to deceive me in pyrocles form as you have done in zelmanes or rather now you have betrayed me in both is some third sex left you to transform yourself into to inveigle my simplicity enjoy the conquest you have already won and assure yourself you are come to the furthest point of your cunning for my part unkind pyrocles my only defence shall be belief of nothing my comfort my faithful innocency and the punishment i desire of you shall be your own conscience philocleus hard persevering in this unjust condemnation of him did so overthrow all the might of pyrocles mind who saw that time would not serve to prove by deeds and that the better words he used the more they were suspected of deceitful cunning that void of all counsel and deprived of all comfort finding best deserts punished and nearest hopes prevented he did abandon the succour of himself and suffered grief so to close his heart that his breath failing him with a deathful shutting of his eyes he fell down at her side having had time to say no more but o oh, whom dost thou kill philoclea she that little looked for such an extreme event of her doings not so much stricken down with amazement and grief of her fault as lifted up with the force of love and desire to help she laid her fair body over his breast and throwing no other water in his face but the stream of her tears nor giving him other blows but the kissing of her well-formed mouth her only cries were these lamentations o oh, unfortunate suspicion said she the very mean to lose that we most suspect to lose o oh, unkind kindness of mine which returns an imagined wrong with effectual injury o oh, fool to make quarrel my supplication nor to use hate as the mediator of love childish philoclea has thou thrown away the jewel wherein all thy pride consisted has thou with too much haste overrun thyself then would she renew her kisses and yet not finding the life returned, redouble her plaints in this manner o oh, divine soul said she whose virtue can possess no less than the highest place in heaven if for mine eternal plague thou hast utterly left this most sweet mansion, before I follow thee with this beast punishment for my rash unweariness, hear this protestation of mine, that as the wrong I have done thee proceeded of a most sincere but unresistible affection, so led with this pitiful example it shall end in the mortal hate of myself, and if it may be, I will make my soul a tomb of thy memory. At that word, with anguish of mind and weakness of body, increased one by the other, and both augmented by this fearful accident. She had fallen down in a swoon, but that pyrocles then first severing his eyelids and quickly apprehending her danger to him more than death beyond all powers striving to recover the commandment of all his powers stayed her from falling and then lifting the sweet burden of her body in his arms laid her in her bed so that she but then the physician was now become the patient and he to whom her weakness had been serviceable was now enforced to do service to her weakness which performed by him with that hearty care which the most careful love on the best love subject in greatest extremity could employ prevailed so far that ere long she was able though in strength exceedingly dejected to call home her wandering senses to yield attention to that her beloved pyrocles had to deliver but he lying down on the bed by her holding her hand in his was so kind in accusing her of unkindness as in accusing her he condemned himself began from point to point to discover unto her all that had passed between his loathed lovers and him how he had entertained and by entertaining deceived both basilius and gynecia and with such a kind of deceit as either might see the cause in the other but neither espy the effect in themselves that all his favours to them had tended only to make them strangers to this his action and all his strangeness to her to the final obtaining of her long promised and now to be performed favour which device seeing it had so well succeeded to the removing all other hindrances that only her resolution remained for the taking their happy journey he conjured her by all the love she had ever borne him she would make no longer delay to partake with him whatsoever honours the noble kingdom of macedon and all other joaco's dominions might yield him Especially since in this enterprise he had now waded so far as he could not possibly retire himself back without being overwhelmed with danger and dishonour he need not have used further persuasion for that only conjuration had so forcibly bound all her spirits that could her body have seconded her mind or her mind have strengthened her body without respect of any worldly thing but only fear to be again unkind to pyrocles she had condescended to go with him but raising herself a little in her bed and finding her own unability in any sort to endure the air my pyrocles said she with tearful eyes and pitiful countenance such as well witnessed she had no will to deny anything she had power to perform if you can convey me hence in such plight as you see me i am most willing to make my extremest danger testimony that i esteem no danger in regard of your virtuous satisfaction but she fainted so fast that she was not able to utter the rest of her conceived speech which also turned pyrocles thoughts from expecting further answer to the necessary care of reviving her in whose fainting himself was more than overthrown and that having effected with all the sweet means his wits could devise though his highest hopes were by this unexpected downfall sunk deeper than any degree of despair yet lest the appearance of his inward grief might occasion her further discomfort having racked his face to a more comfortable semblance he sought some show of reason to show she had no reason either for him or for herself to be afflicted which in the sweet-minded philoclea whose consideration was limited by his words and whose conceit pierced no deeper than his outward countenance wrought within a while such quietness of mind and that quietness again such repose of body that sleep by his harbinger's weakness weariness and watchfulness had quickly taken up his lodging in all her senses then indeed had pyrocles leisure to sit in judgment on himself and to hear his reason accuse his rashness who without forecast of doubt without knowledge of his friend without acquainting philoclea with his purpose or being made acquainted with her present estate had fallen headlong into that attempt the success whereof he had long since set down to himself as the measure of all his other fortunes but calling to mind how weakly they do that rather find fault with what cannot be amended than seek to amend wherein they have been faulty he soon turned him from remembering what might have been done to considering what was now to be done and when that consideration failed what was now to be expected wherein having run over all the thoughts his reason called to the strictest accounts could bring before him at length he lighted on this that as long as gynecia bewrayed not the matter which he thought she would not do as well for her own honour and safety as for the hope she might still have of him which is loth to die in a lover's heart all the rest might turn to a pretty merriment and inflame his lover basilius again to cast about for the missed favour and as naturally the heart stuffed up with woefulness is glad greedily to suck the thinnest air of comfort so did he at first embrace this conceit as offering great hope if not assurance of well-doing till looking more nearly into it and not able to answer the doubts and difficulties he saw therein more and more arising the night being also far spent his thoughts even weary of his own burthens fell to a strained kind of uncertainty and his mind standing only upon the nature of inward intelligences left his body to give a sleeping respite to his vital spirits which he according to the quality of sorrow received with greater greediness than ever in his life before according to the nature of sorrow i say which is past care's remedy for care stirring the brains and making thin the spirits breaketh rest but those griefs wherein one is determined there is no preventing do breed a dull heaviness which easily clothes itself in sleep so as lay down so near the beauty of the world philoclea that their necks were subject each to other's chaste embracements it seemed love had come thither to lay a plot in that picture of death how gladly if death came their souls would go together the end of the third book